Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Don't know how long that piece of stationery has been in there. Five years, seven years, looked a little yellow. When is the last time I wrote a letter? It's a whole different world, isn't it? And I'm thinking, why don't they just pitch it? Because you call now, you don't even write. You email, you don't even, I mean, once in a while you have to write, good certain sense, but most of the time we don't write anymore. So it's really outdated. Prayer is not outdated. It was designed by God to be effective until we get to heaven. Think of how society's changed over the last hundred years or so, from horse and buggy to the automobile, from telegraph, or even letters to the telephone and email. As a result, some people look at those outdated things with contempt and the people of those times as lesser humans. Pastor Mark will be teaching about prayer today, which predates email by thousands of years, yet is as effective today as it ever was. You'll learn why you should be praying, what to pray for, and the right attitude to have when praying. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, as he continues his message called, The Basics. Lord, let us hear your lessons for Number one, why pray? And I'm going to give you just simple things, just to remind you, good reminders for all of us. Number one, prayer is commanded in the Bible. That's why I pray. Matthew 21, 13. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. It is written, my house shall become a house of prayer. So as you hear, it's a wonderful thing. Colossians 4, 2. Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. Be watchful. And thankful. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. Call out to me. Pray to me. And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. First Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray continually. What does it mean to pray continually? Do you want to be driving behind a person who is praying continually in the car in front of you? If they don't understand it, I don't want to be on the road while they're on the road. So we'll talk about all those issues. Talking on the cell phone is one thing, but praying could be something totally else. Number two, prayer allows man to know God. You see, God wants to have an intimate relationship with each of us. I was thinking, we talked about an awesome God. It doesn't even make sense, does it, that the creator of the universe wants to talk to me. It doesn't make sense. Me. One of six and a third billion people on the earth right now. But he wants to communicate with me. That's what it means. And the more I communicate with him, the more I know him. 
Many of you remember that when you were dating. And as you were dating your spouse, who you've now married, you wanted to get on the phone. You wanted to be with them. You rushed over to get them. Some of you dated long distance. Any of you date long distance? Did you have phone bills that were long distance? Do you remember them? Oh, I spent $35 last week just talking to my girlfriend. What? Then you get married. What's this dollar twenty phone call here long distance? <laughs> it's a whole different thing, isn't it? And so, again, we have to be careful as we do that because the more we stop communication after we're married, we don't really know the individual. The more we communicate with God, the more we know Him. So, you can't really know someone. You have to communicate with Him. And prayer is simply that communication. Number three. Prayer helps us, and I know this isn't for anybody tonight, but not to worry. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I spent many, many years in the medical field. So I can't get that out of me. So quite often when I see a scripture, I have to put a medical deal to it. So here's the medical deal for this verse. Prayer helps us not to worry. What does that mean? Worry is the disease. You have a disease. What's the cure? Prayer. So understand that. Does anybody here ever have the disease of worry? Okay. If you had talked about what you're worried about, I'm not worried that the lights are going to go out. We've preached before with no lights in this place. You say, man, if the lights go out there, what would you do? Oh, we just get this bullhorn down here, and man, I go for it. So relax. We're going to be all right. When the air goes, you're still all right. We've done that, too. So we've kind of done pretty much everything. Just relax. It's going to be all right. The disease is worry. The cure? It's prayer. Now, why is that the cure? Because as a Christian... We taught a message on this a long time ago. Everything is going to turn out. Good job. Good memory. Is it? Yes. The way I wanted it? No. Quite often not. But the way God wants? Yes. And he'll just work it out. It'll work out. So prayer is huge in that area. Uh, Do I need to pray for people when they're worried? Sure. Do I want people to pray for me when I'm worried? Absolutely. When you go to surgery and all that, someone stopped me Monday and, you know, and did all those things before they're going to have surgery Monday and want to be prayed for. That's a wonderful thing. I was like, well, what are you worried about? Come on, God. No, we're all exactly the same, aren't we? We want to be prayed for, and it's a good thing. Number four, prayer was modeled by Christ. As we study the life of Christ, we'll notice all the times that he's in prayer. And since Jesus prayed, that should speak volumes to us. It did speak volumes to his disciples. The disciples, as they watched the life that Jesus modeled, they didn't ask Jesus, teach me to counsel, teach me to preach, teach me to teach, teach me to do miracles. They asked Jesus one thing, teach me to pray. Tell us how to be effective in our communication with God. See, it's not just praying, but Being effective in our communication with God. How can we best be effective in that communication with God? Now, number five, prayer simply works. 
It simply works. As you think about prayer, it's amazing to me in the space age that we live in and the communications and all the things that take place as you see satellite dishes everywhere and they're all over the world. There's an example of one who go, wow, this communications man, this is so interesting. I can be sitting here and, you know, our friends are still here from Singapore. They're going home in the morning, even on the computer, something called Skype. I can Skype them over in Singapore. And I can just talk to them for no charge in Singapore on my computer. Boom, just boom, and there they are, and there's their face. I can see them like that. I go, wow, it's just tremendous, man. It's thousands of miles away. God's been doing that forever. <laughs> he doesn't need to Skype anybody. Do you know, when you and I pray to him, instant access to God. Now, how far is he? I have no idea. But he's a lot farther than Singapore. And I have instant access to God. Anytime, anywhere, any situation, God's there for you and for me. So prayer works. You say, well, are you sure it works? Yes, it works. I was sitting in the Holiday Inn Express at the pastor's conference, and this hotel I was in, and I was studying this and thinking about whatever, and I opened the drawer. Those of you that are older, you know, they open the drawer, and and there's usually quite a few things. And there was envelopes and some stationery for Holiday Inn Express. I'm thinking, I wonder how long that piece of stationery has been in there. Five years? Seven years? It looked a little yellow. <laughs> when is the last time I wrote a letter? It's a whole different world, isn't it? And I'm thinking, why don't they just pitch it? Because you call now. You don't even write. You email. You don't need, I mean, once in a while you have to write good certain sense, but most of the time we don't write anymore. So it's really outdated. Prayer is not outdated. It was designed by God to be effective until we get to heaven. So you don't have to change anything. That's why the principles we're going to go through, they're not outdated. They're not outmoded. It's not like writing something. It's absolutely in date and it works in all of our lives. Now, Here's one I want you to write down, and I'll explain it more. But in general, knowing that God's sovereign, this is very important for you to understand. When we pray, things happen. When we don't pray, things don't happen. You say, now, Pastor Mark, are you God? No, I'm not God. But the Bible says this in the book of James. You have not Because you ask not. So see, some things God wants to do in and through our lives, He will not do them because we're not praying for them. Other things, God just overrules that and does things. But some things, if I don't pray, they won't happen. So I'm incredibly excited. Not only for you, but for me. Because in this series, we're all going to be reminded how to pray effectively. And I'm just ecstatic of what God's going to do. I honestly believe this church will never be the same again. And our community will never be the same again. And get this mentality out of your mind. Well, I don't think God wants to use me, and I don't think there's really great things that God wants to do through me. Wrong. 
His word tells us exactly the opposite. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can even ask or think. Not for you, but for his kingdom. And we get to be part of that. So make room for God in your life with your prayers. Pray big prayers. I'll balance that. Don't worry. We're not talking everybody's going to have a certain amount of car and 12 foot and whatever and boat and whatever. Relax. If God wants to give those to you, fine. But it's not about any of that stuff. It's about this world and being ecstatically happy in this world because I'm doing the will of God. But don't limit God. God wants to do so much more. And as we understand that, it'll begin to happen. Remember, God wants to bless you, and he wants to meet your needs. That's the kind of God that we have. Now, what prayer does is help us discover what God wants to do. You see, as I pray to God, God will give me things that I don't even know about. He'll just help me discover his will and how to do it. You say, well, I don't have anything to do with that. Everything in your life is the same. It's exactly the same. doesn't have to do with teaching or preaching or whatever. He just wants to direct our lives, and he's got neat stuff to do. And Sharon said, well, how long are you going to make this thing? I said, well, as long as God wants it. I don't know what it is. That isn't bad planning. I got more than you could ever listen to. But I want to do what God wants. So I spend every week trying to ferret all that out, and I don't pick old canned stuff, give it to you. I don't do leftover food. I do what God says to me, so when you come, it's fresh to you. It may not be new to you, because after you've been here a while, there's not too much new. But it's definitely fresh. And that's what you want, and that's what I want in my life. Number six, prayer shows our dependence on God. This is the huge part. You see... Jeremiah 17.5, let me read it to you. This is what the Lord said. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. So Jeremiah 17.5 says, Cursed is the man that trusts in himself. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says it another way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. So what is prayer? It's dependence. It's not some mystical thing. It's simply dependence on God. And that's quite often why we don't pray in America and why people in India and many of those other countries pray all the time. Because if God doesn't come through, they don't know what even to do tomorrow morning. See, to us, we got seven plans. And we got a 403B, and we got a thing, and we got a whatever, and we got a house, we can sell this, and we can mortgage this, and we can do it. We can work it out. Over there, they're going to pray for tomorrow, because they have none of that. So prayer is really dependence. And I think that because our country is affluent, that's why we don't pray. Because I don't need to be dependent on God. I don't think. I can handle it myself. Now, if it gets really bad... And that's going to be an issue. But I lose my job. I can find another one. I do this. I can go to food stamps. I can do you know, whatever. I can find it. But over there, no hospitals quite often, no medicines, no jobs, no money, no food. Give us today our daily bread. Oh, they know what that means. We? No, we don't have a clue. Go home and you look at your refrigerator. Stock for a long time. If not, Walmart. Public's open 24-7. Go right down. Do you got the money? Got the money. 
Well, I may not have all this. Can't do lobster, but I can eat fine. So see, that's where we struggle. I believe this is a key point for us. And we don't realize how much poverty we're really in. Trying to do life ourselves. And for pastors today, I just click on some websites. I can print off a sermon and give it to you. It'd be better than anything in some ways than you've ever heard from me. Perfectly outline all the points, all whatever. Somebody else's sermon, though. Not what God gave me. So see, we have to be very careful. And many, many pastors today do that. Why? They don't have time to do a sermon. They don't have time to listen to God. So we have to be very careful. Your life, my life. Number seven. You've heard it before, but I'm repeating it. Prayer intercessory, which is we'll talk about later, is the defining factor in spiritual warfare. Prayer takes me around the world. Did you know that prayer takes me around the world? Do you know that I can pray for the church in Singapore? And do you know God answers? You can have a relative in Timbuktu. And God knows where Timbuktu is. He doesn't need the zip code. He can go right instantaneously right there. That's incredible. So it's the defining factor in spiritual warfare. My prayers are not limited anywhere by distance at all. Number eight, last one. Prayer is personally fulfilling. Paul said in Philippians, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. If we can learn... That prayer is not a duty, it is work, but if I can learn that prayer is not a duty and an obligation, but really a privilege and an opportunity, then I'll go far in my prayer life. We get to have the mind of Christ. We get to present our needs to the Almighty. I get to commune with God. I get to, not I have to, I get to. Now, what is prayer? Let me just give you two keys. Number one, prayer is a two-way conversation with a loving God. And in that, circle away, two-way, two-way. That's the part where many of us fail. It's more like a one-way. But it's not. It's two-way. In simplicity, prayer is talking and listening to God. That's what it is. He's a loving God. God made you to communicate with Him and to fellowship with Him. Every single one of you. God made you. He created you. And he did it so that you could communicate with him. Now, I thought about the simplicity, and Debbie sent me this, and I thought it fit perfectly. The minister's little six-year-old girl had been so naughty during the week that her mother decided to give her the worst kind of punishment. She told her she couldn't go to the Sunday school picnic on Saturday. When the day came, her mother felt that she had been too harsh and changed her mind. She went into the room, told the little girl, she said, you can go to the picnic. And the child's reaction was one of gloom and unhappiness. And the mother said, why are you acting like that? I told you you can go to the picnic. I thought you'd be glad when I changed my mind and allowed you to go. The little girl said, it's too late. I've already prayed for rain. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. Could we be that simple again with God in our prayers? See, it wasn't only a simple prayer. She believed it as a child. C.H. Spurgeon says this, We should speak to God from our hearts and talk to Him 
as a child talks to his father. That's simply it. Now, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it destroyed that simple talking to God. That relationship was destroyed. Because of that, of course, Jesus Christ came to have that fellowship restored. So the first thing you need to write down in this particular part of this, to pray to God first, first, you must begin a relationship with God. Next week and the following week, we'll talk about some hindrances. But this is key number one. So what do you mean, Pastor Mark? Well, in a general way, and God can do anything he wants, and I'm sure he goes outside this, but in a general way, God only hears one prayer from a sinner. And it's this, Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, Pastor Mike, I know a person that was not a believer. I was not a believer. And I prayed for God to heal my child and God healed my child. Yes, that's God's nature. But he basically doesn't honor those prayers. Maybe you've been in Vietnam and later and whatever. And God saved your life. That's true. God's a, gen- God's a loving God. But he doesn't answer prayers generally that way. He answers prayers for his children only. He said, well, that's not right. Well, sure it's right. That's what God wants. God's not interested in answering a person's prayer that doesn't have a relationship with him. The first thing he wants is to have a relationship with God. Why? Because the battle's over the souls of men and women. So, John fifteen seven says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you will and it will be given if you remain in me. John ten twenty seven. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. My sheep. Listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, let me give you these types of prayer. So write these three types down. First of all, man talking to God. These are the basic three types, and you can add some things to it. One certainly could be confession is another type of prayer, but that's kind of falls into petition. If I'm a sinner, I ask God. So the three kinds of this. Number one, worship. Praise and thanksgiving. That should be part of our Communication to God. Remember, you're talking to your father, your godly father, your creator. Number two, petition, which is we're going to talk a little bit about. That's when I need something in my life or there's something I want. Now you say, does God give us things that we want? Sure, he gives us the desires of our heart. Where most Christians get stuck at is number two. But it's more than that. That's just one third of the pie. And number three is intercession. This is the big part that goes around the world. It's asking in behalf of someone else. Praying for others is incredibly important. Do you know what? I'm sure there's an exception or two. But by and large, the reason you're a Christian. Do you know why you're a Christian? Somebody prayed for you. Probably many people. But for sure, somebody, a parent, a friend, a neighbor, a grandma, a grandpa, somebody. That's very important. Some of the things we'll talk about. Well, if I pray for an unsaved loved one and they're not saved after 30 years, did God not answer my prayer? We'll talk about all of those things. We'll talk about wonderful things. Pastor Mark in his teaching today told you some of the whys of prayer. 
you found out that one reason to pray is that God commands it. You also got a better idea of what prayer is, talking to and listening to God. You learned that there are three types of prayer, worship, petition, and intercession. Pastor Mark taught you how to do each one of these. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of the first part of Pastor Mark's teaching, Real Conversations with God. He'll continue this teaching next time, drilling down on what it means to pray to God and what it doesn't mean. Pastor Mark will give you more information on the different types of prayer. You'll find out more of what God's looking for when you pray and what the right prayer attitude is. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Real Conversations with God. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear